Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled The Economics and Ordinances of God. This will be focused on the study of Leviticus chapter 18 and 19. Before we go any further, we begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it's amazing to see how you had instructed the children of Israel on a variety of aspects of life, from how they should handle sickness among them to how they should handle even sacrifices and so forth and how they should treat each other and Lord, we look then at the protection that the Jews have gotten through time from outbreaks of diseases and so forth and we trace it back to the ordinances that you gave them through your word. Help us to have the same appreciation of recognizing the protection we have in following the word of Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Leviticus chapter 18 and 19. Chapter 18. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, I am the Lord your God, after the doings of the land of Egypt wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, shall ye not do. Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. Ye shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments. Which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. None of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him, to uncover their nakedness. I am the Lord. The nakedness of thy father, or the nakedness of thy mother, shalt thou not uncover. She is thy mother. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife shalt thou not uncover. It is thy father's nakedness. The nakedness of thy sister, the daughter of thy father or daughter of thy mother whether she be born at home or born abroad even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy son's daughter or of thy daughter's daughter even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover for theirs is thine own nakedness the nakedness of thy father's wife's daughter begotten of thy father she is thy sister thou shalt not uncover her nakedness Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's sister she is thy father's near kinswoman thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy mother's sister for she is thy mother's near kinswoman thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's brother thou shalt not approach to his wife she is thine aunt thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy daughter-in-law she is thy son's wife thou shalt not uncover her nakedness Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy brother's wife it is thy brother's nakedness thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter neither shalt thou take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness for they are her near kinswomen it is wickedness neither shalt thou take a wife to her sister to vex her to uncover her nakedness beside the other in her lifetime Also thou shalt not approach unto a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is put apart for her uncleanness Moreover thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her 
and thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Molech. Neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God, I am the Lord. Thou shalt not lie with mankind, as with womankind, it is abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto, it is confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you. And the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it. And the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, and shall not commit any of these abominations. Neither any of your own nation, nor any stranger that sojourneth among you. For all these abominations have the men of the land done, which were before you, and the land is defiled. That the land spew not you out also, when ye defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore shall ye keep mine ordinance, that ye commit not any one of these abominable customs which were committed before you, and that ye defile not yourselves therein. I am the Lord your God. Chapter 19 And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I the Lord your God am holy. Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Turn ye not unto idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. And if ye offer a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord, ye shall offer it at your own will. It shall be eaten the same day ye offer it, and on the morrow. And if aught remain until the third day, it shall be burnt in the fire. And if it be eaten at all on the third day, it is abominable. It shall not be accepted." Therefore every one that eateth it shall bear his iniquity, because he hath profaned the hallowed thing of the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from among his people. And when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest, and thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard, thou shalt leave them for the poor and stranger, I am the Lord your God. Ye shall not steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. And ye shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God, I am the Lord. Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him, the wages of him that is hired shall not abide with thee all night until the morning. Thou shalt not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but shalt fear thy God, I am the Lord. Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. But in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. Neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor, and not suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, I am the Lord. Ye shall keep my statutes. Thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. 
Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed. Neither shall a garment mingled of linen and woolen come upon thee. And whosoever lieth carnally with a woman that is a bondmaid, betrothed to an husband, and not at all redeemed, nor freedom given her, she shall be scourged. They shall not be put to death, because she was not free. And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, even a ram for a trespass offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering before the Lord for his sin which he hath done. And the sin which he hath done shall be forgiven him. And when ye shall come into the land, and shall have planted all manner of trees for food, then ye shall count the fruit thereof as uncircumcised. Three years shall it be as uncircumcised unto you, it shall not be eaten of. But in the fourth year, all the fruit thereof shall be holy to praise the Lord withal. And in the fifth year shall ye eat of the fruit thereof, that it may yield unto you the increase thereof. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall not eat anything with the blood, neither shall ye use enchantment, nor observe times. Ye shall not round the corners of your heads, neither shalt thou mar the corners of thy beard. Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Do not prostitute thy daughter, to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredom, and the land become full of wickedness. Ye shall keep my Sabbaths, and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head, and honor the face of the old man, and fear thy God. I am the Lord. And if a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, ye shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. For ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment, in meat yard, in weight, or in measure. Just balances, just weights, a just ephah, and a just hand shall ye have. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall ye observe all my statutes and all my judgments, and do them. I am the Lord. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Redeemer Redemption. This was preached in 1955 on November the 19th. We'll begin at paragraph 22 up to paragraph 38. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. I like the word redemption. Redeem means to be brought back. Redeem. As I said this morning to a Christian businessman talking on reconciliation, I said redemption means that the devil puts you in the pawn shop and Jesus come taking you out. That's right. Uh, love nature, and I seen one time a little story of a, a man that had caught a crow in a trap, and he tied him up to scare the rest of the crows away, jumping up and down. Well, the poor old crow, he, he stood there and jumped up and down, and the farmer didn't feed him or anything. He got so poor, he, he just couldn't hardly stand up any longer. So there was a good man came by one day and seen the old crow looking so poor and thin. 
It just untied him. And all the crows would fly over and come on, Johnny Crow, winter's coming, let's go south. Get out of this cold weather coming. But you know what? The old crow had been tied up so long till he still thought he was tied. He didn't know that somebody had redeemed him. And that's the way a lot of people are tonight, friends. You've just been in sin so long, serving the enemy, till you think you're still tied when really you're loose. Let's go to Calvary tonight. Get out of the things of the world. Oh, he's wonderful. Know that we are free. He who the Son has made free is free indeed. And you were free to Calvary when Jesus paid the all-sufficient price to God the Father when he suffered in flesh and died and paid the price of your redemption, that you could be redeemed back to God. Many of you know the story of redemption in the Bible. Many of you scholars here, students, ministers, teachers, and many times little housewives, not teachers, really read the Bible, how the God's plan of redemption. I used to tell when I was at my tabernacle of stories speaking on redemption about a, on the law of redemption. That gets out of Exodus, of course, and Leviticus, to the Leviticus law. So I used to say if an old mother horse gave birth to the little mule, and when the little fellow was born, and his ears was broke down. Now, that's a bad mule to begin with. His cross-eyed is not needed. His tail stuck right straight up. What a horrible-looking mule. If the mother could look around to the little fellow and he could see himself, he'd say, Uh-oh, they'll never feed me. So as soon as the master comes out and finds me, they'll probably just kill me because I'm not worth feeding. Well, that's just about the way we sinners are. Do you know that? Just not worth very much to God's kingdom. But you know, if that old mother understood and could speak back to her little colt, she could say, but wait a minute, son. You were born under a birthright. You were my first. You were born under a birthright. And just because that you're born that way, you know, the priest will never see you. The only thing that will happen, the man of the house will have to go out into the flock and get a lamb that's perfect and without a blemish on it and take it over and the priest will never look at the mule. He'll examine the lamb. Because the mule is born under the birthright, so the lamb, without a blemish, has to die for the mule that's so disfigured. And the, the lamb dies, the perfect lamb dies, so the disfigured mule can live. What a beautiful picture of redemption. Oh, the perfect Lamb of God died that we poor, alienated, disfigured human beings could live again. What a picture of redemption. 
while that little mule could just kick his little old heels up in the air and jump around and have a big time. Why? Because he's redeemed. That's the way a person that's been redeemed and understands it. You get emotionally. You can't help it. When the, the story was told that he had, he could live because the perfect lamb died in his place, the little fellow could rejoice. And, uh, that's the way I felt the day that the story came to my heart. I know he, I was a sinner. I couldn't even find a church that made an altar call. I went from one to the other. No one made an altar call. No one invited. They were all talking about flowers and the new bridge that went across the river. I wasn't interested in that. You read that newspaper. I already hear the Bible, the Word. You know how I first got saved? I might stop here to tell you. The first thing, I got me a pencil and paper and went out and was going to write a letter to Jesus. I've been a woodsman all my life, game warden for years, lived in the woods, trapped and hunted all my life. Now, I know that he was a god of the forest because I could see him out there, his nature, the way he made it. I was going to write me a letter and tack it up on a tree in the woods that when he come by, he could read it. I didn't know how to get saved, so we're very poor, and Dad had been out in the country during the time of the Depression, had a little sack full of potatoes and somebody giving, poured them out in the box in the pantry and laid the sack down. I went and got the sack, went out to a little old shed, water, wet, knelt down there. I said, now what am I going to do? I never said a prayer in my life, never heard one as far as I know. So how am I going to talk to him? I said, well, I... I heard people say if they talked to him, and they tell me he was a man, so if he was a man, he ought to understand as a man. So I said, Mr. Jesus, I wish you'd come here just a minute. I want to talk to you and tell you how bad I've been. <laughs> that sounds kind of funny, but I was picking on my fingernail. I said, Mr. Jesus, I've been an awful bad person. I, I want to talk to you. Now, if you'll listen to me, will you answer me and say, I hear you? I listened. Nobody answered me. <laughs> Oh, my. I said, maybe I didn't say it right. I'll try it again. I said, Mr. Jesus, would you come here just a moment, kind sir? I said, I've done some horrible things, and I, I, I want to talk it over with you. I, I promise you, if you let me live, I, I, I would uh, I, I'd serve you, and I, I want to kind of talk things over with you. I listened. I said, would you answer me, sir? So I don't want to be talking to the wind. I said, I, I want you to answer me. I said, will you do it? Now, listen, nobody talked to me. Well, I said, I'm just, I heard other people say, God talked to me, but my poor kiddish heart, I didn't understand. I said, well, I'm so mean he won't even talk to me. I haven't even got a chance now. And I started bawling like a baby. Then he talked to me. Amen. He, he has to get right first. The redemption. Oh, when I rose up from there, I walked in on clouds, I felt like. I didn't know how to shout. So you know how I relieved myself like that? There's a big levee run behind the place. We live in a little old poor shanty like that. And Mama, I got real nervous. I looked at the Bible, and she said, what's the matter? I picked up my songbook, and she said, what's the matter? I said, I, I don't know, Mama. 
And I got outside and got up on the railroad track and run down the railroad track, jumping way up in the air, real high. I didn't know what to do. I just felt real good. And so that's the only thing I know to do. You believe in getting that way? Sure. I love it. That's what's the matter today. We got away from that heartfelt religion. An old fellow down south once, he said, said to the old slave, he said, Mose, what do you mean by heartfelt religion? He said, well, boss, it's good. He said, there is no such a thing as heartfelt religion. Mose said, boss, there's just one thing you made a mistake in. said, you ought to have said there's no such a thing as heartfelt religion as far as you know. <laughs> but he know different. That's right. Help. I don't mean you have to feel it to receive it now, but if you got it, you feel it. Then. Amen. Little fellow one time built a barn, a farmer. Oh, my, beautiful barn. And But he was the laziest farmer in the country. He had tractors and things, and he let his farm grow up in weeds. And There's another farmer over from him didn't have very much of a barn. But he was an industrious farmer, so he raised a lot of alfalfa. Put a big hayloft up full. That year there was a little calf born in each barn, the new barn, the big church where they have the... Excuse me, I oughtn't have said that. See? But anyhow, I like little old missions and things where you can really get out and shake hands and, you know, and feel good. Big church is all right. They've got God in there. But if we get our... You know, today that's the trouble of it. We got, we're putting all the answers on a big church instead of on Christ. That's what's the trouble. And, you know, this great, big, fine barn, there was a little calf barn over there, but the poor little fellow didn't have nothing to eat. Weeds. All they could feed him was weeds. But over the other barn wasn't so good. It had a few cracks in it and kind of old and shabby looking, but little calf over there had good hay all went along. When springtime come, they turned them both out in the corral. When they got into the corral, the little fat calf, he's just this fat and round vitamin fed, you know. <laughs> he was really feeling good. So he just began to buck and cut up and jump around, have a great big time, that spring wind blowing, you know, like a Russian mighty wind. You know what I'm talking about. And coming down, he's just having a good time, all vitamin fed up, you know, that's the way a good church is, when it's all fed up with the Word, and when the Holy Ghost really goes to falling, you know, he goes jumping around a little. And the first thing you know, the little tap over on the other side, so weak, the little fellow couldn't hardly stagger out, the wind by blowing down. But he peeped through the crack of the fence and looked over where that other tap was, and he's like, such fanaticism. <laughs> You just starved, that was all. That's what's the matter with a lot of people, even right here in California. Amen. Right. Undernourished, lacking of vitamins. Read the word. Taste cometh by hearing, hearing all the words. Don't build yourself upon emotions, upon excitement, upon big churches. Build upon the solid rock, Christ Jesus, and his word. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away. He came to redeem Job here and the 
speaking of him as a redeemer, how everything had gone wrong for him seemingly. You know, God hasn't promised a flower bed of ease, but he's promised a lot of mountains, but he's promised grace to go over every one of them. I like Job speaking. Watch. After Job went through his trials and testings as they come upon every child of God, first has to be tried, tested. In other words, they have to be trained, like child training. Take some whipping, straighten up. You know how to act then, how to conduct yourself as a Christian. God gives you a little bit of whipping once in a while, turns you around a few times. You know what it's all about. Lays you on your back so you can look up. Sure. Then we find out, after all these trials and testings, one little point we want to get to. Do you like to read between the lines? Well, the best part of the Bible is wrote between the lines. Sure it is. As I told you the other night, the Bible is hid from every seminary. You don't know God by the seminary experience. You know him by a born-again experience. Seminary is nothing against them now. Not at all. But that's that's not it. You put all the emphasis on that. See, how well is he educated? How many degrees has he got? See, it isn't that. How much bags is in the knees of his trousers and prayers, what I like to know about. That's the best thing. Yes. Then, when he was in that condition, Job looked up to God and knew he stood firm upon the burnt offering. He knew that his had a Redeemer that would come someday, and he said, I'll see him at the end time. I want you just a little between the lines now to read. As he said, I've hid it from the eyes of the wise and prudent, and will reveal it to babes. You don't have to be wise. He that humbles himself shall be exalted. He that exalts himself shall be made a peace, be brought down. So just see how little and how simple you can live before God if you want to get anything. Sure. Then, when God writing his letter, then he's got it hid, as I told you, like a, a letter from my wife. She writes me a letter, but I read between the lines because I love her. And I, I can just about know what she's talking about. No matter what she says on the paper, I know what she means, see, because I love her. And that's the way you do. When you love the Lord Jesus and you pick up the Bible, it's a different book then. As you're born again, God gets a hold of it again to reveal himself to you through the Word. And then Job, notice, he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. Watch his prophecy. First is comforters come and accuse him of being a secret sinner because he was sick. But God sent Elihu down, a representative of God, meaning Christ, Elihu, for L for Z and so forth, the name breaking down was the... And when he come, he told Job, never accused him of being a sinner, but he told him that there was coming a just one who could stand in the breach and put his hand on a sinful man, the holy God, and breach the way. Then the Spirit struck the prophet when he got into the will of God, got back into the channel, and he... The Spirit struck him, and he stood up and said, I know my Redeemer liveth. 
the last days he'll stand on the earth. Notice, when Job died, here's just a little drop, and then we'll go right on with redemption. Notice, when Job died, before he died, specifying in the place that he was buried, that had something to do with it. And along came Abraham. And when Sarah died, his sweetheart and wife, when she died, it was strange, but Abraham goes up into the land where Job was buried and buried Sarah in the same land where Job was buried. Now watch, they were prophets. That's what's written in the Scripture now. And notice, when Abraham died, he slept with Sarah, the same place. Abraham begot Isaac, and when Isaac died, he was buried with Abraham. And when Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob died down in Egypt. But before he died, he made his prophet's son, Joseph, come down and put his hand on his hip, where the angel had touched him and changed his walk, and swore by God that he had not bury him down in Egypt. Wonder why? Wonder why? Now, it wasn't written, but they were spiritual men. They read between the lines. And he said, Take me back up into Canaan. Bury me up there with my father Abraham, with Isaac. And when, watch Joseph. When he died, he said, Don't you bury my bones down here. But someday... God's going to visit you, so you take my bones before you and bury them with my father. The same place where Job was buried. Same place where Sarah and Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Rebecca, Leah, all was buried up in the promised land. I wonder why. God, here it is, God hadn't promised the resurrection down there in Egypt. But they knew that the resurrection was going to be in the promised land. And on the day when Jesus finally come, the Redeemer, they did to him like they said they would. He died, buried. And on the third day he rose and those that were buried up there with him, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the saints, come out of the grave. They know the resurrection was going to take place in Palestine because it was spiritually revealed to them. That's the reason why I say you can have all your world you want, all your fancy things jangles, all your educations and things you want to, but bury me in Jesus Christ. For those that are in Christ, God will bring with him in the first resurrection. So just let the Holy Spirit reveal that to you. Redeemed by his blood, those that are in Christ will God bring with him at his coming. What difference does it make what the world wants to call you? Fanatic or whatever it may be, just stay in Christ. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you, Lord, for the word that has been imparted into our hearts from the morning, in the afternoon, and even now in the evening. Father, may you take these words. If, Lord, your Holy Spirit does not anoint them, your scriptures tell us the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So, Father, give us life through your Holy Spirit today. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Yeah.